0: This is the Chicago Grown Folk Podcast. Now, this is our 33rd podcast. This podcast is extremely delayed. It was supposed to come out initially around the end of August or the start of September, but due to circumstances out of my control, it's not coming out until now. So, as a result, what you're going to get on this podcast is kind of a mesh up of things that we recorded back in late August and more recent things that we just recorded within the past couple of weeks in October. So I'm saying all that to say that if you listen to this podcast and some of the segments sound a little bit dated, (laughs) that's why. So what we have coming up, air pollution, Brett Kavanaugh, Kanye West, Good Samaritans. We're going to bring back our Angry People segment for the 33rd podcast. We're going to have our Odd Stories segment we're going to talk about mayoral candidate Willie Wilson and a host of other things. So sit back, relax, and let's go. you hear the music that means only one thing the chicago brown folk podcast is on the air for the late summer of 2018 here's what you missed so this is the front page of the sun times this is done by mary mitchell and it says spat chance and it's got a big old picture of chance the rapper And it says, Rapper's messy child support battle with the mother of his 18-month-old daughter threatens to overshadow his generous gift to CPS. So when she says threatens to overshadow his generous gift to CPS, well, it's only threatened by the Mary Mitchells of the world who would take this opportunity to even print an article like this. says, she has to go hard on one of the good guys. As a Chicagoan, she expressed pride over his Grammy wins while admitting, I hadn't heard a single lyric to 23-year-old Penn. Besides, given the amount of bad news coming out of Chicago, it felt good to see a young black man from the south side in the spotlight for something other than criminal behavior. Then she pivoted by writing. Unfortunately, chances, personal affairs are less storied. Court filings show he's been supporting his daughter financially, but a long term child support agreement hasn't been reached right now. Chance like a hero in the hood but child support is an emotionally charged issue that plays a big role in the high level of poverty in the black community. If this personal issue is handled callously in the public, Chance the Rapper's clean cut image could take a big hit from the Mary Mitchells of the world. After all, you can't hand out money to benefit children. You don't know and come off looking like a big stingy when it comes to your own child. So, this is what Mary Mitchell posted. Now, she says she got this from the court filing. Now, number one, what I'm curious to know is, what is she doing looking up the stuff in the first place? Because this comes across to me. She found out he donated the money and went to look for some dirt on the guy because she didn't print the stuff before. I mean, how long has Chance been rapping now? And this is the first time she's ever, and this is the first time the story comes out once he donates the money. With all the problems that we got going on in the city, it seemed to me that she could have did the city a better service in trying to get more people to step up and donate what they can donate, in particular when you start talking about these politicians. And she should have been calling Governor Rauner out and saying, how can you have this 23-year-old kid donate a million dollars to help fund CPS, and yet you, a billionaire, sitting as governor of Illinois, can't figure out how to do it. And then what this also does is it discourages people from trying to do the right thing because like now, like, well, man, if I donate money, am I going to have Mary Mitchell coming after me and digging into my personal business? Because apparently that's what she did. She went out, she found out about this money, and then she went and started digging. She didn't go, and she didn't say anything about his music. She didn't go check his music. You heard her say that she never heard a lyric of his music. But she can go and try to fish for dirt in his personal life to print up in the Chicago Sun-Times there's a lot of anger out here I talk about this on the podcast quite a bit you have a lot of angry people and there's a lot of them out here man and I'm gonna tell you something even when you start talking about banning this and banning that and and I know everybody right now is talking about the issue of guns but I've said this before and I'm gonna say it again I really would like to see what the hell is causing people to run out and pick up guns and shoot at people like everything just runs straight to 10 and I think that that's a problem we're not addressing in this society uh, I mean, the willingness of somebody to pick up a gun and shoot at you because you get mad at them because they might have honked their horn at you or or raced you down the street in their car. So, remember that uh, article we read where uh, these two guys got into a, a racing match on LaSalle in downtown Chicago and there was a car and it was an SUV. They were driving side by side and they started racing each other. And the guy in the SUV got mad with this guy and pulled out a gun and shot at him. Like what drives people to do things like that? Why do people think that's okay? And I don't know. Does that fall under mental illness? I don't know. After protests and emotional testimony from opponents, including the Chicago Teachers Union, the Chicago Board of Education voted to close four Southside high schools and to convert a high-performing elementary program in the South Loop into a new neighborhood school. Chicago Public Schools CEO, Janice Jackson, Jackson said the district deserved credit for responding to the community's concerns by electing to phase out three Inglewood high schools over three years instead of closing them outright this summer. And then they have a direct quote from this Janice. She says, one of the things that I'm most proud of with this plan that we're presenting today is that we have made modifications. She also went on to say, I've been in CPS for a long time and have not seen the level of flexibility that's present in the school's action plans that we're presenting today. Those changes were made because of community input. So in other words, we're still going to do what we want to do, but we're going to give you guys three years before we do it. And we deserve credit for giving you guys a three-year extension. That's our idea of being flexible. So basically, you people can protest all you want to, but the best we can do for you is we're still going to close the school, but we're going to phase them out instead of closing them outright. By the way, Janice, what you should have been telling these people, with these schools we're planning on phasing out, what we'll do is we'll give it a three-year window and work with the parents and community and see if there's any way that we can save the schools versus trying to close them. That's being flexible and working with the community. They're not out here protesting for a phase-out. They're out here protesting to keep the schools open. They don't give a damn about a (coughs) phase-out. So Janice wants credit for something that the people ain't asking for. And I really do believe that this is one of the reasons why Donald Trump is doing so well in the polls because people who hear him stand up and talk about how these people are ruining the country and we need to send these people back to where they came from. And all this rhetoric that he jumps up and spews out, well, when they cut the news on and they see people shooting police, terrorist attacks seemingly every other day, transgender bathrooms, all this stuff that's going on in the news, now, to these people, Donald Trump doesn't sound so radical. As a matter of fact, he sounds like He's about the only one that can get a grip of what's going on because they're watching their television sets and they can't figure out what the hell is going on in their country. So his philosophy of fight fire with fire, it resonates with people. So it's not a surprise to me that he's doing as well as he's doing in the polls as radical as he is. Because some of these people feel like we're in radical times. So they believe. Things keep going the way they're going. He's probably just a radical story or two away from getting put in the White House. I stop and I wait and I think. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to the 33rd episode of the Chicago Grown Folk Podcast. I am E, the music man. And on the other side of the room, we have the silent DJ, who will remain silent for this podcast. His job is to keep us on point. And that's what he's going to do. And he also assists me with the technical things, like helping me work this equipment that always tends to go bad on me. So he doesn't have time to talk anyway. It's kind of like our in-house producer around here. That's what he does. You know, like those clips you just heard being played. Everybody around here can do something. We all got our own part to play. Now, despite what you might think, this is the Chicago Grown Folk Podcast. And we just want to let the people know that we are not on. Angels. That's right. There's no dusting going on up here, although it might sound like it, but and there's nothing happening. Now, you can find this show on Podomatic.com, the Chicago Grown Folk podcast on Podomatic.com. And we're also on Mixcloud, the Chicago Grown Folk podcast on Mixcloud. We need you guys to go there and give us a play or give us a like because we need some numbers over there. We're kind of sitting around there on Mixcloud just waiting to be seen. You know, please choose us. And you can also find a lot of our earlier episodes on Mixcloud as well. And if you also go to SoundCloud or YouTube, you can find random clips picked by yours truly put together for a sampler version of the Chicago Grown Folk podcast. Which, by the way, if you check on SoundCloud, we just added a new sampler version of the Chicago Grown Folk podcast. So when you get time, be sure to go back and check that out and there you have it now what we do on the chicago grown folk podcast for those that don't know is that we talk a lot of society and culture issues we're not a podcast that has a lot of explicit or ratchet material and the reason why is because i noticed that there's a lot of people out there that are doing that kind of stuff and if you want that kind of material you don't have to look far to find it right i mean pretty much everybody's doing explicit and ratchet stuff So not being one to follow trends, what we decided to do is cater to that audience that might not necessarily want to hear a lot of ratchetness or explicit material all the time. You know, we want to kind of balance it out. And I'm going to tell you something, man, with all the stuff that's going on in the news, a lot of the violence that we see, a lot of the angry people and the stuff that you counter on a day to day basis, whether it's stress from your job, everyday stresses of life. You know, I talked on the last podcast about suicides being up in this country 30%. So a lot of people out here are stressed out, tired. So here on the Chicago Grown Folk podcast, we don't want to add fuel to that fire. So that's not our intent. We tend to try to put content out that's informative and it uplifts people. And by the way, I'm not against anything explicit or ratchet. I mean, I listen to a lot of that stuff often. But if you're like me, sometimes you just need a break from that stuff. I mean, I don't want to hear it all the time, you know. So, again, that's what we're here for. We're also not a podcast that has a lot of bells and whistles. Uh, We're not going to have celebrity interviews on this podcast, uh, at least right now. Now, who knows what the future holds? But right now, we don't have none of that. Just a couple of guys here in Chicago recording a podcast. You know, in the last podcast, I talked about how much I love seventy soul music. Well, I've been on this really, really crazy 90s R&B kick lately. I mean, I'm serious. Like, if you heard somebody riding around the streets of Chicago blaring old-school 90s R&B coming out of the windows, it was probably me because I have been on this ridiculous old-school 90s R&B kick. And you know what's funny about it? When I was listening to that music silent, you know, I don't think I knew how incredible a lot of that stuff was at the time that it was out on the radio. I mean, I knew it was always good music, but it's like, now that it's over with, like when I was listening to uh, WGCI here in the city, if you were around listening to the radio here in Chicago in the 90s, the mid-90s in particular, you know that you would cut on WGCI, particularly in the evenings, Monday through Friday, what was it, uh, what was it 6 to 10, and you hear Mike Love and Adiz, who were very popular here in Chicago, at the time and I would listen to them religiously particularly during the summer I mean every night I had Mike Love and Diz blaring <laughs> on my radio and a lot of times when I listen to old school 90s R&B I always think about their radio show and how popular they were here in Chicago and how great that music was and again when I was listening to all that stuff Ah, uh, Mary J Blige, Drew Hill, R. Kelly, Jagged Edge, 112, Bad Boy was really popping in, you know, Faith Evans, Brandy, Monica. And some of that stuff they played over and over and over again in rotation. And it was like, oh, God, I got to hear this again. For example, one song they used to play to death. It looked like they played it almost every other hour. And every time I would cut the radio on, that song was either coming on or it was in the middle of it. I just couldn't avoid it man i couldn't get rid of it and it was that track by drew hill that five steps i hated that record when it was out on the radio back then and the reason why was because it just it just seemed like it just dragged on and on and on and on and it was one of those tracks that every time i cut the radio on they were always playing it now that was back then i mean now i love the record but and i'm gonna tell you another one too and both these records were out around the same time And I don't know if they played this anywhere else outside of Chicago. I'm I'm assuming that they did, but it was an R. Kelly track. Now, the thing about R. Kelly here in Chicago was he owned WGCI back in, particularly back in the 90s. He was from Chicago, and he was one of the biggest artists in R&B at that time. So you were going to hear an R. Kelly song at least two or three times an hour. Well, one of the tracks that was out around that time, this is about maybe, what, 95, 96? Probably about 96, yeah. Um, from the R. Kelly album. We used to call it the Blue Album. Uh, we called it the Blue Album because the color scheme had a lot of blue in it. Uh, that was a, that was the album that had um, Down Low and I Can't Sleep and You Remind Me and all that stuff. Well, there was a track and I don't know if it was ever an official single, but they used to play it here on WGCI every night. At least two or three times a night when i would listen to mike love and it is i was going to hear trade in my life by r kelly i couldn't stay even to this day man i can't stand that record (laughs) even to this day i would not listen to that record i just couldn't stand it and apparently i was in a minority because the way they played it here on gci you would have thought it was one of r kelly's best songs ever and i got to tell you something man i don't even think that since then I've heard that track really being played anywhere. Like, occasionally I'll hear I Can't Sleep or I'll hear hear Down Low or You Remind Me of Something, but I never hear Trade in My Life being played anywhere. That's why I said, I don't know if that was just a thing they were playing here in Chicago or if they were playing it across the country. No, man, I couldn't stand that record. And every time I would would cut the radio on, and sometimes they were playing back-to-back. It was either going to be Trade in My Life or Drew Hill's Five Steps, and I had to sit and listen to those songs because they just dragged on and on and on and on and on. I mean, I'm guessing those records clocked in to close to six minutes, man, (laughs) because they just seemed like they would never end, you know. But I'm saying all that to say that I didn't realize how much of a, for lack of a better word, magical era that was in terms of R&B music, man. I mean, I just couldn't, I mean, it was just incredible the stuff that was being played. Like,
1: strike 12, 12. I'm sitting here wondering how the hell I' been mean, jagged I let is I mean you know what I mean come on you know. baby I know that I did my share of things to deceive you I'm just trying to get an understanding of what to
0: Another one here silent. Here's another one that they used to play. I'm gonna run it from this computer because here's another one. Maya featuring Cisco. It's all about me. Remember that one? I mean, you were going to hear this song every single night on Michael Love and His Kids' show. They would call, they called themselves the Bad Boys of uh, the Bad Boys of Radio. The Bad Boy at that time was pretty popular, so I guess they called themselves the Bad Boys of the Radio. But this track was in regular rotation on their show. How about this one here? anything about Mary J. Blige. They were going to play Mary J. Blige and R. Kelly. There was no escaping Mary J. Blige and R. Kelly in the 90s, man. <laughs> you kept the radio on long enough, you were going to hear one of their one of their records. Hey, here's another one here, Silent. Check this one out.
1: Yeah. Uh, here we go like that. Uh-huh.
0: radio man i mean but this is the kind of stuff that they were playing in the 90s man and, and like i said i don't think i realized how good this stuff was at the time that they were playing it you know you know talking about drew hill this one was played to death and if you were around and you listen to the radio around this time you know what i'm talking about
1: I got this feeling but the right turn it loose. That somebody's been getting next to you. I don't want to walk around knowing I wasn't your fool. Cause being the man that I am, I just can't lose my fool. Keep telling me about the things that's going on. But deep in my heart, baby. I hope that I'm wrong. Yes, I hope that I'm wrong, but I know it may Somebody's sleeping in my eye. My my
0: my oh my goodness. How about um you were definitely gonna hear this?
1: Baby girl a message Saying I won't be coming home I'd rather be alone She doesn't fully understand me Cause I'd rather leave Than cheat. If she give me some time I can be the man she needs But there's a lot of lust inside of me And we've been together since our teenage years I really don't mean Heard about i need some time to be alone but when you love someone you just don't treat them bad oh i feel so sad now that i wanna leave. she's crying apart to me how could you let this be i just need time to
0: see donnell jones another artist from chicago I be Which, by the way, I don't know how many people checked out his unsung. We talked about it on a previous podcast, back when we were still playing music on the Chicago Gruntful Podcast. If you haven't seen it, go back and find it and check it out. It was pretty good. How about this one here, Silent? Silent say he the DJ. He's supposed to be playing this stuff. (laughs) But no, check this one out. um. I didn't realize, man, I did not realize how big of a hit this was for Keith Sweat. I mean, even to this day, man, you play this track and people, people just lose their minds, they love this record. Next one, I'm gonna play. I don't know, um, I don't know how much of a hit it was across the country because these guys were here from Chicago as well. And I remember when this record came out, I remember going to the uh record store. Geez, remember, remember the record stores? <laughs> uh, and yes, they actually used to have stores where you can walk in and buy music, not downloaded off of uh, iTunes or. Streaming on What is it A title or whatever Used to actually be Going to buy But this track here I remember man Going into the uh, Record store Buying This single Because they used to Play it so much On the radio Public
2: announcement
0: Body bump Remember that?
1: so tight gotta make you feel me gotta push your body tight rub against my body grinding i'm in the mood felt the same what's on your mind is body bumping time baby while we grind. uh-huh don't you want me cause i want you and if this podcast
0: was set up to take this. phone calls i would ask what this question was this record in constant rotation in your city? You know I wonder about that. Because it certainly was here, but again, these guys were from Chicago. And I don't know, and I've talked about public announcement on this podcast before in relationship to R. Kelly, you know when R. Kelly first came out on his first album, that born into the 90s album, uh, which to this day man, I'm not a big fan of that uh, I'm not a big fan of that album. But on his debut album, he came out as R. Kelly and the public announcement or featuring public announcement, something like that. And then when a 12-play album came out, it was just, well, it was just R. Kelly. There There was no more public announcement. And I don't know to this day, I don't know what the relationship was with R. Kelly and public announcement and why they only, and why when he came out, he had them on his first record. And the thing about it is, it was just him singing. So I don't know. They were like a backup Band or backup singers. I mean, I don't even know what their role was on that album. But it was. It was listed as R. Kelly and the public announcement. And then soon after that, it was just R. Kelly from there on out. So I never really figured out, like, what was the deal with that. And then sometime later, the public announcement came out and they just started making their own music. I mean, that's one of those music mysteries to me. And, Silent, I could be wrong about this. I don't even think I've ever heard him mention public announcements since. since or, or ever for that matter i don't think i've ever heard him mention or talk about the public announcement so again i don't know what their relationship was with him or why they were listed on his first album and then they just kind of faded away and then come back around again until at least the mid 90s now this next one here now if you listen to this podcast you go back to mixcloud and listen to some of our earlier podcasts. Now, this song actually came out in 1994. This was before Mike Love and the Diz was on the radio. This was back in the era of, uh, who was it? Was it Jammin' Dave or Rick Party, I guess, one of them? Might have been Rick Party. Rick Party was on before Mike Love and the Diz. Mike Love and the Diz used to have the weekend slots, and Rick Party had the, like, 6 to 10 slot. And then he eventually left and they gave it to Mike Love and it is, and they just took it to another level. But this song came out in 94. It's a go-to track for me when I talk about the nineties and it's very obscure. And I don't even know whatever happened to these girls. I randomly came across a 2012 interview with one of the members and she kind of briefly talked about what she was doing. I think uh, Janine said she was doing voiceover work, but, um, And I doubt, man, that we even have anybody now. When I'm playing this, this is one of these tracks, like, if I I was DJing at a club, Silent, this is for you. If I was DJing at a club and I put this track on, this would be probably where most of the dance floor would go and sit down, you know? (laughs) Because I don't think too many people know what this record is, you know? Although it was played to death at the time it was out, but you haven't really heard it since, and you haven't heard anything about these members since. The name of the group is Babu. The track is called Just Roll.
1: When you're in the morning, and you're next to me, as the sunlight goes into your skin, and you look so sexy. I can't explain what you do to me, but don't ever let it end. Maybe it's on. Hold it right now, I know what to do to make you give in Lay back, relax, I got your back I'm doing you what you want, don't you wanna I'm telling you what I'm gonna do to you To give you to you, cause I'm into you I know what to do I got the flow, so let it show I'm telling you what I know, let's do this slow, let's get it on I'm having a situation, meditation Doesn't stop. so so just.
0: And it was definitely a one hit wonder because this was the only thing I've ever heard from them. And for that matter, I've never even heard an album from Fabu. And if you go look for like I have title and if I go look for Fabu on my streaming service, I can't find it anywhere, man. And you can barely find it on on YouTube. I mean, you have to do a little bit of digging. Somebody might have posted it. But I remember man going to the uh, record store, buying the single uh, cassette single. It was a black cassette. It had this track and on the B-side, it was just the instrumental. Yeah, but man, this is one I like to play every now and then, just to remind people. See if they remember this, you know. Well, listen. I mean, we could do this the whole podcast. So so I better stop it here. I, I mean, I can go on and on and on. Right? But this is what we used to do. If you go back and listen to a lot of our earlier episodes, we used to play music on here. But we've since changed our format a little bit. You never know what the future holds. So So. moving forward. Now, before we get into our first topic and start the podcast, you know, if you've listened to this podcast, you know, this is our opening rambling segment where I'm not really talking about anything in particular, just rambling on. It's kind of like a warm up segment before we actually get into the podcast. Uh, I was on Twitter And you know something caught my attention and this is another situation if the podcast was set up to take phone calls i really would ask this question because it's something i'm curious about every now and then you get a retweet some people are lucky enough to get multiple retweets (laughs) and then there's the rest of us we get a random one here or there you know something that i've never really been able to figure out (laughs) on twitter and i'm sure this has happened to pretty much anybody that's ever used Twitter, at some point or another, this has happened to you. When you get a retweet and you get it from one of these, I guess you would call them sex bots or whatever. Like I, I'm assuming these things are fake accounts. And I never know who sets them up or where do they come from or what the purpose is behind these things. And you go and look at the profile and it looks like a fake picture and they have um something really explicit in the description and they just randomly retweet you, man. I've had some of these things retweet a tweet that I've sent from four or five years ago. And I'm thinking who the hell found an old tweet from like 2013, you know, and then you click it on and it's one of these, uh, one of these uh, fake, again, I guess you would call them sex bots. I, I mean, I don't know what the, I don't know a lot about what these things are or who sends them. And, and I'm trying to figure out what the purpose is. But I'm saying that to say because recently, and it might have been like a Saturday night going into Sunday morning, like these things were just retweeting left and right, man. And I was looking at the account and it's like, well, who are these people? And like, for example, and maybe you've seen these things. I don't know. Like, for example, here's one here. Now, this one says, uh, it says, I'm definitely looking for friend with benefit. By the way, I misspelled with a small I on this. I'm definitely looking for a friend with benefit. Now, this says FWB. I'm assuming that's friend with benefit. But if I'm wrong, I mean, you know, my abbreviation lingo isn't all that great. I'm definitely looking for a friend with benefits. Really want to meet a guy near me. So please hit me up if you live nearby me. And this is from somebody named Trudy Verhoeven, I guess. (laughs) So and according to this. This Trudy joined on March of 2012. So Trudy has been running around since March of 2012 on Twitter looking for friends with benefits. Now, what I'm curious about is, has anybody ever hit this Trudy up and asked her or to see who the hell she really was? And are you a person that contacts these things when they retweet? Like myself, I'm just assuming they're fake accounts, but I don't know. But even if they weren't, I have no interest in hitting any of these people up. Here's another one here. And this was all on the same night I got these. This is somebody here that says, your love used to be the only thing that mattered. That's what she has in her profile. Now I don't know who the hell this woman is talking to. And this is somebody named Laurie. Laurie Toholski or somebody. And it's a profile of a woman in a bra. So I don't know. Have you ever hit Laurie up and asked her uh, if your love still matters to her? I mean, I don't know. And here's somebody here. And I don't know who this is. This lady here. Here's another lady looking for friends with benefits definitely seeking friends with benefits. And, and I really want to meet someone near to me. Please get in touch if you're living nearby me. And then you'll probably hit these people up and they'll scam you or, or hit you with a virus or something. I mean, you never know with these things. What I'm curious about again is who are the people behind these sex bots? Why are they randomly hitting people up? How are they pulling old tweets from four or five years ago and retweeting them? Like, what's the whole scam behind these things? And if there's anybody out there that's familiar with how these things work or what's behind it, you know, hit us up and let us know. Because I, I really just one of those things I've been curious about throughout the years, but <laughs> but never really got an answer to, you know. Well, I don't know. Maybe y'all can hit me to what's going on with this. Brett Kavanaugh Oh my goodness Is it Brett or Brent? It's Brett That's what I thought Yeah, Brett Hi, I'm Brett Kavanaugh (laughs) Oh wow, it's amazing what's going on in this country Well by now you guys have heard that uh brett is now a part of the supreme court a guy who in my opinion really has no business being on the supreme court but again this is the era that we live in and i'm quite sure if it was joe blow average guy and he or she were trying to go up for a high profile position and you had all the suspect stuff in your past chances are you wouldn't get the job you know But it was pretty clear from the start that they were going to appoint him no matter what, they being the Senate, mostly the Republicans. They were going to put him in office no matter what. One, he doesn't believe that a president should be impeached, which bodes well for Donald Trump. And number two, there's also the school of thought that they're going to push the overturn of Roe versus Wade, which is basically the right for a woman to choose if she wants to have an abortion or not. You might have heard it being referred to as Roe v. Wade And one of the things that I can tell you about Roe v. Wade Is that it has been a hot button topic In this country for many years I mean throughout my lifetime I've always heard about Roe v. Wade And how controversial it has been I mean this is dating back to the early 70s And this topic is still going on here in 2018 With all that we've got going on in society now This has always been a bone of contention in this country with a lot of people. And it's usually coming on the Republican end, although you might be able to find a few Democrats and independents that are against it as well. But definitely on the Republican side, this thing has been a hot button issue. And one of the Republicans favorite institutions to attack is Planned Parenthood because Planned Parenthood is believed to be funding abortions or they funded abortions. I mean, I don't know too much about Planned Parenthood, but I do know that this abortion issue and Planned Parenthood has always been tied together. And there's always been a belief in this country by some that their tax dollars are going to fund abortions at Planned Parenthood. Now, I don't know if any of this stuff is true or not. I mean, I don't follow or keep up on what goes on at Planned Parenthood. I mean, I have too much going on in my life to worry about Planned Parenthood. So these are things that I've heard throughout the years. I don't know if it's true or not. But one thing I will say, when these people start talking about, oh, I don't want my tax dollars going to fund X, Y, and Z. I don't want to pay for people's abortions. When I hear people say things like this, but there's a couple of things. One, there's probably a lot of things that you could look at and figure out where your tax dollars are going that you don't want to pay for. If I really took the time to sit down and figure out where every single dime of my taxes are going to There's probably a list of things that would come up that I don't want to fund. But again, I have a life and I don't have time to sit down and figure out where every dime of my tax dollars is being put towards. But the thing that I can never figure out when I hear people say things like this, in particular, when you're talking about abortions, and again, I don't know whether or not tax dollars are going to fund abortions at Planned Parenthood or not. I have no idea. But the people that say these things, what I can't understand from them is, well, if If the options of abortions are taken away and people are having babies that they can't afford to take care of or that they don't want or whatever the case may be, your tax dollars are still going to wind up taking care of these unwanted children. So you're still going to wind up paying for it anyway. Either you're going to pay for it through abortions or you're going to pay for it if these children become wards of the state. Parents can't afford to take care of the kids. They're going to public assistance. Whatever the case may be, your tax dollars are still going to find their way into taking care of these unwanted kids And another thing too that you got to look at is You have some of these women who want to have abortions And they can't go to a Planned Parenthood Or wherever or wherever they may go And they have one of these back alley abortions Where they try to abort the baby themselves And the mother has all kinds of health problems as a result And they can't afford to pay the medical bills You're still going to pay for it now I said the same thing about healthcare when they were talking about Obamacare and you had these people, I don't want to pay for people's health care, I mean, well, if you have a bunch of people that are walking around in this country and they can't afford health insurance, they go to the hospital, they go into the emergency room and get treated and they can't afford to pay the bill. Well, the only thing the hospital is going to do is they're going to shift that cost off to you, the customer. And then that means that your insurance goes up, medication goes up, medical expenses go up. So you're still going to wind up paying in one way or another. But Brett got put in, so we'll see what happens with all this stuff as the years go on. And then after Brett gets voted in, well, what does Donald Trump do? A guy who is uh, 70-something years old and the president of the United States, what does he do? He gets up and he starts taunting people, thumping his chest and running around at rallies, calling people out. And he called out that Republican senator that voted no and talking about she'll never live that vote down. I mean, just all kinds of really despicable behavior coming from the president of the United States. Presidents in the past would have said something along the lines of, well, we know this has been a very emotional time for a lot of people. We're going to do our best now to bring Kavanaugh's in. We're going to do our best to work with the Democrats on the other side of the aisle to try to bring the country closer together or something along those lines. But they don't normally jump up and stand around and start taunting people like this president does. And this, by the way, is a guy that Kanye West says is a good man. So these are the times we live in. I I mean, I don't know. So it was a victory for him. But the flip side of that is, here in Chicago, uh, one guy whose privilege didn't work for him, and it shocked the hell out of me. (laughs) I mean, it really shocked the hell out of me, although I don't see how they could have come to any other conclusion. But if you've been following the Laquan McDonald case, And the trial of this officer uh, Van Dyke I don't know his first name Uh, I just remember that name Van Dyke Who's now sitting in prison As he should be Because he was found guilty of second degree murder And you know what's crazy When all this stuff was going down uh, This trial This city went on full alert While waiting for all this to come down Now, I don't know how many of you outside of Chicago have been keeping up with this case. Uh, For that matter, I don't even know how much it made national news. I imagine they talked about it, but I don't know to what degree. And the stuff that you did here, you probably wouldn't even have heard that. Uh, It took this reporter to push to get this video released. And I saw an interview they did with him after the case. And it was an older white guy. You know, and this is one of the reasons why if you heard me at the top of the podcast talking about mary mitchell going after chance the rapper trying to pull some dirt up on him seemed like she should have been going after these people trying to get them to release this video so again it took a older white gentleman amateur reporter to get the chicago police department to release this video now why he wanted them to release it i don't know why did he feel like there was a cover-up i don't know but whatever the case if it wasn't for him pushing to get this video released none of us would have really had known What the hell was going on in this case? Because initially when this thing came out before that video was shown, the police department said, oh, well, the kid lunged at the police officers and they had to shoot him. So it was justified. That's what they had said before the video came out. It was a justified shooting. And you had all these people in the police department, all these high ranking officials signed off on it, knowing damn well they had this video out there showing something totally different. So they were pretty much covering for this hothead cop. And I call him a hothead because anytime you are a police officer and you're shooting to kill, what else can I call you? And that's exactly what he was doing. Anybody that shoots a person in the back 16 times, your intent is to kill. And as a matter of fact, they had audio of the guy saying uh, this Van Dyke when he was pulling up on the scene. Sounds like we might have to kill this guy now there was some debate in the trial about the context in which he meant it but the fact that he's even thinking like that and the fact that he was the one that rolled up because there were cops already there and none of them put out a gun and started shooting this van dyke rolled up on the scene and he wanted some action uh and the police department here in chicago covered up for him and this was even before this video came out to let you know something wasn't right the police department awarded the McDonald family $5 million. Now, you and I both know damn well, ain't nobody just giving a family $5 million for nothing, especially black folks. They ain't just going to give them $5 million for no reason at all. They gave them $5 million because it was deemed as a wrongful death. And again, all of these high-ranking officials are Gary McCarthy, who is now going to try to run for mayor here in Chicago. He was a superintendent at the time. I don't know how many of you remember that Chicagoland series that came on CNN a while back, and uh, he was talking about he's got, a city to, he's got a city to save or something or the other. Well, he was the superintendent of the police department at the time that this cover-up was going on, and a lot of these people wind up stepping down. And by the way, Mayor Emanuel, who signed off on this $5 million, sat on his video until after he got reelected because he knew damn well that this video came out before he wouldn't have stood a chance of getting a second term. So this video came out and you can go back and look at the timeline. This video was released to the public after he got reelected. And then you had a lot of protests going on. There were people protesting in the streets trying to get him to step down. And I'm thinking, well, good luck with that, because y'all reelected him and put him in office. He ain't finna go nowhere. What he wound up doing, though, was do a little damage control. And again, that's how Gary McCarthy wound up getting fired because he had to do something because Mayor Emanuel wasn't about to step down. So what did he wind up doing? He wound up having everybody else step down. Uh, which, by the way, Mayor Emanuel says he's not running for re-election, and this is probably why, because he knows damn well, because he knows damn well he doesn't have a chance in hell to get re-elected, or maybe so. I could be wrong about that. I mean, stranger. I mean, Donald Trump got elected, so I don't put anything past any of these people now, you know. So, but they were out here protesting too, silent. They wanted Mayor Emanuel to get the hell out of office, and I was down there one day, man, when they were protesting. It was this was back around Thanksgiving. It was probably about a week before Thanksgiving, and these protesters were going through the streets of downtown Chicago. They were on Michigan Avenue, and then they wound up making their way down to, I think it was either Wabash or Rush Street. One of those streets they were on, and this was like about maybe 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and it was unusually warm around that time of the year, too. And I remember, because I remember being out when these protesters were out downtown. The weather was mild. It was right before the holiday season and they were out in the streets protesting, and they were marching through the streets, and it was just a gridlock downtown. (laughs) Much like it was going to be if this verdict came out and this Van Dyke was found not guilty. So they were preparing to do the same thing again, and they were going to shut down the city. And rightfully so, because again, there is no way in hell that you can look at this video and tell me that this man should have not been found guilty. And the thing that really angers me about this is it shouldn't have taken this video and public outcry to get to this point. They should have did the right thing from the jump. And you wonder why you have things like national anthem protests going on, but it's because of stuff like this, this should have been taken care of from the jump. And whoever decided to cover this up initially, in my opinion, is just as guilty. And then see, the problem is when you cover things up, it erodes public trust. And the police department, and it makes it harder for police officers to do their jobs appropriately because now every time there's a shooting that goes on and they say it's justified, well the public is not going to believe it. Because you guys have been caught covering up things in the past. And here's the thing I wanna know. Why was this Van Dyke so important to the police department where where they would put their reputation online to cover up for this person? All right. Before we get started, uh, Silent, can you play that um, play that uh, anger thing real quick? If you've listened to this podcast any length of time, you know that we do an anger segment, and we haven't recorded one in a few months, but um, we're bringing it back a little bit later on in the podcast. But I want to play this. um, I want to play the intro real quick. When you're ready, because I got something very appropriate. I want to play with it. So let me know when you're
1: ready.
0: Yeah, most of you might know, but for those of you that don't, all that commotion, that was that um, Cardi B, Nicki Minaj fight that happened a few weeks ago now. And I was watching this thing, man, and I thought that this is the perfect representation of that segment. And who better to represent it than two celebrities like Cardi B and Nicki Minaj? So there you go. Cardi B was really throwing down, wasn't she? (laughs) Yeah, she was pissed. What's the term they use now when they say uh, they want all the smoke? She wanted all the smoke. No doubt about it. Last year, around about this time, we recorded a podcast. I think it might have been podcast 28. But in one of those segments, I talked about Good Samaritans. And what brought that on was there was an incident that happened here in Chicago involving an 18 year old pregnant woman and this 21 year old, 21 year old, 22 year old man. And how the story went down was, these two were standing at the bus stop waiting for the bus to arrive. And when it pulls in, this 18 year old pregnant woman gets on the bus and this 21 year old man. Well, the problem is this 21 year old, and like I said, he might've been 21 or 22, somewhere around up in that age range. He gets on the bus. He doesn't want to pay his fare. So this prompted the bus driver to get off, call the police to get this guy off the bus because he didn't want to pay his fare. So the guy eventually decided to get off the bus. And as he gets off the bus, he starts beating the hell out of this 18-year-old pregnant woman. And none of the passengers had jumped in to help. And as a matter of fact, some people had even took out their cell phones and started filming the incident. And they had the quote from the woman saying that She was just wanting somebody to pull the guy off of her and nobody would do it. But eventually what wound up happening was the bus driver heard this woman screaming as this guy was beating the hell out of her. And he he runs back on the bus and pulls the guy off. Then there was another incident that happened. I believe it was out in Portland where uh, some guy was harassing a, a woman. I believe she was Muslim and a bystander had witnessed this and he intervened. And what wound up happening was. He got murdered by the guy that was harassing this Muslim woman. So he's an innocent bystander just trying to help her out. And he winds up losing his life in the process. Another example I gave on a podcast, a friend of ours was telling us about a night that he went out and he witnessed this couple arguing, man and a woman. And they had been arguing for a little while. And then arguments started to get physical. Nothing serious. Grabbed the woman and he was shaking her up a little bit, you know, and our friend intervenes. He says, Hey, what are you doing? Knock it off. And the woman that was getting knocked around by this guy turns to our friend and says, mind your business because you don't know what's going on. He ain't doing nothing. So I gave those examples because there's times that you might be out somewhere and you witness something happen and you have to make the decision. Well, do you intervene or do you mind your business? And I gave numerous other examples on that podcast of where there were good Samaritans that jumped in to help, and it wound up costing them more than what they bargained for, and in some cases, situations end fatally. But what made me decide to revisit this topic was, there was an incident that just happened very recently in the city. Now, this incident happened at about 1 o'clock in the morning, right? Now, there were a group of people that were out riding their bikes, and you had this guy named Albert. Bocanera and he's 39 years old so he's sitting in his car and he's watching these people ride past on their bicycles and what wound up happening was there was a car that zoomed by and it hit one of the people on the bike and what does the guy in the car do instead of stopping he guns the gas and he takes off it was a hit and run now Albert decides to chase this person down so at some point the guy wound up stopping his car they got out and there was a confrontation And what wound up happening in the process of all this, another car pulls up and they shoot this guy, Albert, and they murder him. It says Albert chased down the offender's vehicle and confronted the driver when another vehicle approached and someone inside fired shots, striking the man twice in the neck. It says Bocanera was taken to University of Chicago Hospital, where he later died. Now, it also says that this guy was um, a community activist. As a matter of fact, Silent, when I was watching this story on the news, uh, apparently he knows Doc Walls. Doc Walls, if you live in Chicago, you know he's kind of a local celebrity here. Uh, and then some years back, he ran for mayor of Chicago. And I also want to say that he used to be on the radio, Silent, but I don't know for sure. But don't, So nobody quote me on that, but I thought I remember him being on the radio. I think WVON at one point, but I very well could be wrong about that. But I do know for sure he tried to run for mayor one year. This is back when Daley was still in office. But it says that this Bocanera was community activist. According to this article, last year, Albert was arrested for an incident that happened in the South Loop where he got into an argument with somebody over a road rage incident and he wound up firing off his gun in downtown Chicago. And what wound up happening, he was arrested and charged with a felony. So, which would also explain to me why he decided to chase these people down during this incident. And then I wonder if Albert had a weapon on him when he chased down these people that did this hit and run. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't, I don't know. So that suggests to me that Albert could be a bit of a hothead, I don't know, but most people, most of us, or maybe I'll just speak for myself, and I know I can throw silent in this as well, most of us don't have... Bouts of road rage and then pull out guns and start shooting at people. He was on the right track chasing these people down, but just get their license plate number and call the police, you know. So he winds up losing his life. And the thing about it is, the person that was riding the bike, they only suffered minor injuries. So, and we still don't know who the hit and run driver is. And, you know, here's the thing about this story I really don't want to come across like I have all the answers. I mean, listen. You know, we're all human. We all react to things differently. Everybody has a set of emotions. I get it. And sometimes you lose control. I mean, it happens. I mean, it happens, man. I mean, it happens to the best of us. But the problem for me is when I read stories like this, it just feels like sometimes if people would just calm down and take a step back. These types of things can be avoided. So here you have a person that lost their life for basically nothing. If you've listened to this podcast any length of time, you know that one of the things that we tend to talk about is anger.
1: Anger, anger can make you old. Anger. Yes, it can. Oh. I say anger, anger will make you sit to oh, anger. anger, destroy your soul. Ooh.
0: Yeah. You know, summer 2018 has come and gone, but what usually happens during the summertime, the weather gets warm and more and more people come out and the more people come out, the more chance you have for conflict. People have petty misunderstandings or altercations and they escalate and in some cases they end fatally. We read stories on this podcast where petty altercations can have fatal results. You know, fights at the beach, road rage incidents i mean you name it and it goes on particularly during the summertime. for example this story here man charged and stabbing after steak and shake drive-through fight now according to this a saint charles man was charged and arrested after allegedly stabbing another man following a fight in a batavia steak and shake drive-through now the guy that they're charging is a guy by the name of jose santiago 20 years old and what wound up happening with this guy was this jose got into an argument with another party at a steak and shake drive-thru police were called to a local hospital at about 11 p.m where a man was being treated for a stab wound so what happened was this guy was sitting in the hospital and the police came out to talk to the guy and it says he told the police that he was in the drive-thru lane at the steak and shake he had had a verbal and minor physical altercation with another man. So these two were arguing at the Steak and Shake drive through and they separated. So after these two were separated, check this out, Jose gets back in his car, and there's a woman driving the car, and the woman that he's in the car with backs into the victim's car and drives off. That wasn't good enough. The victims left the Steak and Shake, driving eastbound on McKee Street, and it says at that point, the victim noticed he was being followed by the same car that backed into him at the drive through So it says what the victim wound up doing was, he wound up pulling over in order to let the car pass, but instead of the car passing, what he did was, Jose stopped his car in front of the victim's car, got out of the car, and began fighting with the victim. During the altercation, Jose allegedly told the victim that he would stab and kill him. The victim sustained two non-life-threatening stab wounds to his left shoulder and lower back. Then he got back in the car and then fled the scene. So now these two get into a fight at the stake and shake, and no telling what they were arguing about, but this is how things wind up happening. You have petty altercations with people, and in a lot of cases, if you're arguing with an idiot, it gets very serious. Now, here's a strange one here that happened in Virginia. Police responded to a report. A gunshot victim on Thursday morning Around 10.45am Police said that the shooting had started From an argument A witness said he heard the two people In an argument and they were fighting over Whether Halle Berry played Aretha Franklin in a movie Police said the fight turned physical Then one of the subjects produced a firearm Shooting the other man At least once Then the person that got shot has said he's in serious condition A lot of times when you have People that know each other And you have arguments like this that seem to be very petty and they get really heated. Usually there's something else underlying that makes these things get as serious as they do. But I don't know that it's worth putting out a gun and shooting at somebody and almost taking their life, you know. How about this one here? Now, this happened here in Chicago on the near north side. And this is at that McDonald's downtown, um, not too far from Water Tower place over there on Chicago Avenue and State Street. You come to Chicago, you go to the corner of State and Chicago Avenue. There's a McDonald's down there. And it's been there for years. And years ago, Silent, I don't know if you remember this or not. Years ago, there used to be a Burger King right next to it. Now, this is before they started closing down a lot of these Burger Kings in the city. But years ago, and I'm going back probably to from last I remember about the mid 90s, you would go down there and right next to that mcdonald's there used to be a burger king now it's like an empty lot or something or the other i think it's a a little park or something it's been a little while since i've been down there but um you go around the corner a little ways down state street and there is dagwoods they have some really good food in there man (laughs) i'm just gonna tell you but anyway what wound up happening at this mcdonald's was you had people standing in line waiting to get the order taken you had a 16 year old girl That was standing in line and there was a 36 year old woman standing in line as well. And for some reason or another, these two wind up getting into an altercation. These two people started arguing about their place in line. Now, how this turns into an argument, I don't know if a person is in front of you and you're behind them. I mean, I don't know how that turns into an argument, but it says these two women started fighting about their place in line. Then things started getting loud. Then a lot of yelling, and then they were bumping into each other. And then, and so it winds up happening after that, this 36-year-old woman gets so angry and so out of control, so she decides to pull a hammer out. Now, what she's doing, walking around carrying a hammer, I have no idea. And it's probably because of incidents like this, or maybe she's carrying it for protection. I mean, I don't know, but so what does she do? She pulls out a hammer, and she starts swinging it and hitting this 16-year-old girl in the face. And the guy that was filming the video, uh, he says, well... He just stopped in a McDonald's to get an ice cream cone and it turned into this. And he says he wound up leaving about 45 seconds or so after this altercation because he was worried that something more dangerous was going to happen, like somebody would pull out a gun. So he filmed this video and got the hell up out of there. So so this whole thing happened again from an altercation about people standing in line, you know, and it is, man. And, And it's just amazing to me. And a lot of times when I read stories like this, how these altercations can get Real heated, real quick. Now, here's something here that happened in the Uptown neighborhood here in Chicago. It says, man critically wounded in Uptown by a stabbing. It says, at least one person is in custody. It says, a man stabbed multiple times Saturday evening in the Uptown neighborhood on the north side. A 43-year-old was involved in an argument when the person he was fighting with stabbed him about 4.58 p.m., on West Wilson Avenue says he stabbed the guy multiple times in the chest, stomach and back. Jeez. They said the victim was taken to the hospital in critical condition. Now sometime last year, I talked about there was a little league game and for some reason or another big brawl had broke out. Well, here we are again now in 2018 at a softball tournament. And this happened in Tennessee. It says, brawl breaks out between parents of softball tournament in Tennessee. And of course, there's a video circulating on social media. And the video shows nearly a dozen parents throwing punches at each other during a softball tournament in some place called Kingsport, Tennessee. And here's a woman here by the name of Leslie Hicks. Says her son's been playing in baseball tournaments for years. And she's never seen something like this before. And she says it really didn't benefit the children any, and it really shows poor sportsmanship. Well, yeah, I mean, if you got a bunch of people brawling at a game. The tournament director, somebody by the name of Tina Gale, said both teams were involved in the fight and immediately disqualified from the tournament and escorted out of the park. And then they have another quote from The Six. It says, I like to scream and yell, but I do my best to scream positive things at the kids just to encourage them. There are parents that are out of control, but for the most part, but for the most part, what I want to see locally, everyone keep themselves in check, which that's what being an adult is about, you know, but um, I mean, but it happens, man. I mean, people get caught up in the heat of competition. A lot of times it's these parents, these parents get out of control and they take it to another level, you know, so you had that going on out there in Tennessee. I see Kanye West has been running around again with these, uh, maggot hats and going on these, uh, Oh, MAGA. I'm sorry. What, what did I say? <laughs> oh, well excuse me. Uh, maggot. I said MAGA. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I meant to say MAGA. Excuse me. Well, I did know what I'm talking about. Uh, Kanye West has been running around, uh, with these pro Trump rants again and walking around wearing this, uh, this uh red cap that's an awful MAGA that sounds awful i mean i know that's an i know that's the abbreviation but it just that's a terrible that just sounds silly to me i mean listen i like most of the world know that kanye west is an incredible talent Uh, he's made some incredible music throughout the years he's made some memorable moments for me and a lot of his music i'll always listen to but he can miss me with these uh, Trump rants and all this talk about, uh, and then he's running around talking about this uh, abolishing the 13th Amendment and all this. Kind of, I mean, he can miss me with all that. I'm not trying to. I don't need to hear that from Kanye West. It's half the stuff he's saying don't make no sense, and other stuff he's saying. Uh, I mean, I just, I just have no interest in it. I mean, I and um, and I like what Dio Hughley said. I saw him on um, YouTube, uh, a clip from his show when he was talking about that, and he said, "I'll be damned." If I'm going to take advice from a guy that had liposuction and is on meds and I wanted to high five him when he said that, I absolutely agree. I mean, I have no interest in taking advice from Kanye West, unless it's on how to make a beat or put a song together. I mean, that's about it. Anything else he can miss me with all his philosophies of free thinking and uh, a lot of the stuff he's saying, it just sounds like ranting and he's not making a lot of sense half the time and he's talking about one thing and then he goes off into something else and yeah, like I said, I mean, he's an incredible talent, but um, if I'm going to take advice from somebody. You know, give me Michael Eric Dyson or somebody. I don't uh, I don't need to hear from Kanye West and his, his, his world philosophies, you know. And he's been running around talking about being in Chicago. Like he said, he's moving back here or something or the other. And I know he posted a video silent. I don't know if you saw this or not, where he was, uh, something was going on with him and Nick Cannon and Drake. And he posted a, an Instagram video getting at them about something that was something was going on with them and his wife. And he was pretty upset with them about some comments they had made about Kim Kardashian. And then he filmed his Instagram video of him walking under the L train. But I watched this video and it ran for about three minutes. And I was really trying to figure out where the hell he was at. And I wanted to say it was Lake Street, but I really couldn't tell because uh, the camera work, by the way, was awful. <laughs> you know but i was really trying to figure out where the hell he was at and i watched that video over and over and over again because there's a part when the video starts up at the very beginning where you can kind of see the background of where he was at and i really wanted to say it looked like lake street it was just really hard to tell i mean because i know the city man i know the city like the back of my hand and there are not too many places you show me the background There are not too many places in the city where i can't figure it out figure out where it's at uh, unless it's like the northwest side i'm not too familiar with the northwest side but uh south side west side maybe near north downtown chicago i mean i can pretty much you show me the background of a lot of these uh places i can pretty much figure out where it's at but again i couldn't i just i there was just, i just couldn't make it out i couldn't make it out you know It looked like Lake Street to me, too. I really believe it was on Lake Street. I'm thinking like on the near west side on Lake Street, that's kind of what it looked like. And I'm looking at the way the L structure is because it looked like it might have been the green line. But again, I'm not 100% sure because it was very hard for me to make out background. So, but whatever the case, Kanye West is back in Chicago. And I don't know if it's a marketing thing or if he's here. He claims he's moving back, but I don't, but again, I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But again, if he's going to be running around with these Trump rallies, he might as well just take his ass on back to where he came from because people here in Chicago, they ain't trying to hear nothing about Donald Trump at all. So he's wasting his time with that one. You know, a lot of times when silent and I are looking for stories to talk about on this podcast, we tend to come across some of the most ridiculous stories. And a lot of times it makes us ask the question. This story here doesn't necessarily fall under the category of drunkenness, but we were just talking about driving. Now, maybe you were in California recently and you were driving down Highway 101. Well, if you happen to be driving down Highway 101 on August 17th, you might have gotten more than what you bargained for. Numerous drivers had to pull over on a California highway when a case of nails spilled onto the roadway and damaged their tires. California Highway Patrol said multiple vehicles stopped on the southbound highway so the nails could be removed from their tires. That's the worst, man. Can you imagine driving down a highway? Next thing you know, you're riding around on flat tires because you rolled over some nails. And the thing about the story, man, is that the Highway Patrol said they don't even know where these nails came from yeah i'm assuming they fell off a truck or something or the other but or it could have been some prankster too man some prankster could have went to the hardware and bought a bunch of nails and said oh let's dump them on the highway <laughs> you know i'll be willing to bet you that's probably what happened because if you think about it i mean unless they fell off a truck or something but i don't know like why would that's kind of random that a box of nails would fall off a truck you know but i mean who knows stranger things have happened so you had that going on in california Now, we're going to stay here in California for this next story. Now, this is in Los Angeles. Now, you had a guy that came home, and he happened to check his security cameras. This happened at about 11.30 p.m. on a Wednesday. And while he was checking his cameras, he saw a guy wandering around on his property. So this guy that was caught on video, this burglar, found up getting stuck between a wall and a building as he was trying to get out. So the police were called, they freed the man, and he wound up getting arrested. And the guy was also being investigated for a burglary that happened in the same neighborhood the night before. So he really screwed up. Now, how about the story here? Now, this happened, in, this happened in a shoe store in Virginia, a place called Clean Soul. So these thieves wound up breaking into this place, and they wound up stealing a bunch of shoes. But the only problem is the shoes they stole were only for the right foot. They stole 13 right foot shoes, one complete pair and some apparel. And they talked to the store owner of this clean soles and he says, unless you have two right feet, these thieves are pretty much risking their freedom for nothing. And the owner also says, typically when you put shoes on display, he only puts the right foot up which i mean how many of us have been in the shoe stores and you know when they put shoes out and they have the shoes on these display racks you never see two pair they always go in the back and they bring out a pair of shoes so i don't know if these people that <laughs> want to rob in the store maybe they've never been in the shoe store before and they didn't realize how this stuff works but they did they just wound up and they ran in and grabbed a whole bunch of shoes that they basically couldn't do anything with and Like this guy said, they're risking their freedom for basically nothing. And they eventually caught one of the robbers. A 17-year-old was arrested and charged with burglary and grand larceny in connection with the robbery. So so here's a kid that's getting charged for basically nothing. So there you have it. Now, how many of you have ever been on the bus and you get on there and there's wall-to-wall people? I mean, the bus is just packed. And when the bus starts moving, you need to hold on to a handle or something, but it's so hard to do it because there are a lot of people on there. Well, you can always do what this woman did in China. An ingenious passenger on a bus in China was filmed making her own handle. The video shows the woman boarding the bus and looking for an available handle to hold as the bus starts to move. So she looks to her left, she looks to her right. She doesn't see a handle, so what does she do? The woman discovers all of the available handles are in use, So she brandishes a toilet plunger and quickly suctions it to the vehicle ceiling, making her own handle. The scene draws the attention of her fellow passengers who laugh at the unusual scene. Well, sometimes you just gotta get creative. You know, when I'm looking at this video, one of the things that I wonder when people film things like this randomly, I always wonder if they're staged Now, somebody's filming this crowded bus. The camera's already rolling. When this girl gets on the bus, it looks like she positions herself right in the perfect place to be filmed and takes this plunger out and attaches it to the roof. That's why I wonder, sometimes are these things staged because, you know, people are trying to go viral and all this kind of mess. And you guys have to see this video to get an idea of what I'm talking about. I remember some years back, I walked into a 7-Eleven here in the city, in downtown Chicago, and I saw this product being advertised, these e-cigarettes that have become really popular throughout the years. Now, that was the first I'd ever heard about them. And I got to be honest with you, I don't really know a lot about e-cigarettes. And I remember seeing them being advertised. When they first came out in the 7-Eleven, there was like a poster or something talking about e-cigarettes. And I remember seeing it thinking, what the hell is an e-cigarette? And they had a guy with a cigarette in his mouth and it had and it had like a blue light emanating from the the tip, <laughs> the tip of the thing, you know, the tip of the cigarette. And it piqued my curiosity, but not enough to buy them because one, I'm not a cigarette smoker. That's number one. And I think at the time they were pretty costly from what I remember, but I could be wrong about that. But whatever the case, it wasn't enough for me to really pay much attention. And since then, throughout the years, these electronic cigarettes have become more and more popular. As a matter of fact, earlier in the year, maybe around about March or the end of February, I saw some guy walking through downtown Chicago. On one of these things, and he was blowing like a whole lot of smoke. Now, I didn't realize at the time when I saw him, I said, What the hell is he smoking where all that smoke is coming out? But what I found out since then is he was smoking one of these e cigarettes and it's called vaping, which is kind of what I thought it was. But again, really didn't know for sure. And since then, I've seen more and more of these people vaping. As a matter of fact, a couple days ago, I was riding behind this car that was in front of me, and every time we pulled up to a stoplight, huge clouds of smoke were coming out of the window. They were vaping. Now, my understanding, the little bit I do know, is that these e-cigarettes are supposed to give you the the sensation of smoking, and they're not supposed to be as dangerous or as hazardous as smoking a regular uh, Newport or something or the other. But the problem, like most of these things, is that there's been growing concern that a lot of teens have been smoking these things and they're, be- and they're becoming addicted. Now, now, from my understanding that some of these things, and I don't think all of them do, but I think some of them have nicotine, and but it's like a lighter dosage of nicotine, if I'm not mistaken. I think there's a variety of these things out, and some of them come in different flavors, much like when you go to the store and you buy your blunts or cigarillos, whatever you want to call them they come in like different flavors, grape and cherry and whatever. These e-cigarettes, same thing. Supposedly, they're coming in different flavors. And they're saying that these flavored ones are really attractive to kids. Now, according to this, it says an electronic cigarette is a battery-operated device that emits doses of vaporized nicotine or non-nicotine solutions for the user to inhale aims to provide a similar sensation to inhaling tobacco smoke without the smoke. So just like I thought, some of these things have nicotine. Some don't. And I'm guessing like maybe these non nicotine ones are like, remember back when we were kids and I don't know if they still sell this or not silent, they used to have these candy cigarettes and they would come in a box and they were like these little white candies that are, that were shaped like cigarettes and you would put it in your mouth, pretend like you were smoking a cigarette. right? Or they would have like these gum sticks shaped like cigars, and you would pretend like you were smoking. So I'm guessing like these non-nicotine e-cigarettes are probably something along the lines of, it just makes you feel like you're smoking and you're really not, you know, I'm guessing. And, I'm, and again, I'm telling you, I'm really ignorant to these e-cigarettes. So I'm again, I'm, it's just a guess on my part. It says vaping is now the most popular form of tobacco used amongst teenagers in the U.S., E-cigarette use rose by 900% amongst high school students from 2011 to 2015. In 2016, over 2 million middle and high school students have tried e-cigarettes. For those aged 18 to 24, 40% of vapors had not been smokers before using the device. A growing body of research suggests that vaping may be hazardous. Which is pretty much like everything else now they come out with these alternative things that are supposed to be better for you and then eventually and eventually there's some study that comes out a few years later saying well maybe not so much while it may help existing smokers to give up there is a concern that young people are starting to are starting to vape for its own sake and not to replace tobacco use and it says one of the reasons why these things came out it was an aid to reduce or quit smoking and some people found that helpful but again like i said like most of these things and it's usually teenagers they get a hold of these things and they start to abuse it and then next thing you know where you're getting rid of one health problem then you're having another one so and i'm assuming the non-nicotine ones would be okay but again i don't know but maybe you're out there and you smoke these these cigarettes i mean And then what I can tell from this article is how addictive they are. I imagine the ones with nicotine in them, the nicotine is addictive. To what extent, I don't know. But basically, the only benefits I see to these things is that they, it says they claim to bypass the health risk of smoking tobacco cigarettes, and they offer a more healthful alternative to cigarettes. So basically, again, what I'm getting from this is these things were just put out there to help people there were serious smokers to to help them quit smoking cigarettes. I guess much like Nicorette gum or some of those other things, you know, but. So I don't know anybody out there smoke these e-cigarettes. Give us your take on it. I was watching television and you know a lot of times when you're watching television and the commercials come on well what do you do you kind of tune them out or you might leave the room or whatever well well I was doing some work on the computer and these commercials are running in the background and I'm hearing them playing but I'm not really listening to them you know and it's playing for a few seconds before it actually catches my attention and it's an ad for one of these um I don't know what you would call it It's not necessarily a hearing aid, but it's some kind of a miracle ear or something or the other magic ear. No, no, I'm sorry. It's a magic ear. According to this ad, you're supposed to take this device and be able to put it in your ear and you're supposed to have like super hearing basically according to this ad. And we were actually going to play the ad on this podcast. But for some reason or another, Silent and I both looked on the internet and we can't find this ad anywhere. This older guy starts talking and he says something along the lines of i can listen in on people's conversation and they don't even know i'm listening and for some reason that really caught my attention and i'm thinking to myself wait a minute what is this ad i'm looking at and i picked up the remote rewound the ad and started it from the beginning to see because like i said this thing was playing man but i wasn't even paying attention to it until this guy said that so the thing that i couldn't figure out is why is this important to people now like i'm listening to this old man say well I can listen in on people's conversation without them even know I'm listening, and I'm thinking, well, why would you even want to? <laughs> you know what I mean? Now I get the idea if you're you're having trouble hearing, and you need a hearing aid or you need something to increase your hearing. But why the hell do I need to hear someone's conversation from 50 feet away? You know what I'm saying? Like I don't understand. Like I mean, with all that we got going on now, I mean you have. To, I mean, when there are cameras everywhere, now you got to worry about people eavesdropping on your conversation because they have one of these uh magic ear or whatever the hell it's called stuck in their ears and then there was another example in this commercial there was this woman who was at this uh party or this function and she's listening to these two women talk about her off in the distance saying something along the lines of uh sarah really looks great did you see her dress or something along those lines and i don't even know if the woman's name was sarah like i said i couldn't find this ad and we were looking for it but the point is she's listening to these two women talk about her off in the distance and i'm thinking to myself if this was real life that's not how that conversation would go you know people will smile and tell you one thing in your face but then when they get behind your back the conversation usually doesn't go it's usually something negative you know what i mean so So when they're making this commercial seem like you're going to hear all these pleasant things being said about you behind your back. Well, you and I both know that that's usually not how things work. You know, again, the whole point of me bringing this up is I just didn't understand what is the point of listening in on people's conversation. Now, maybe you're a person out there who's an eavesdropper, or you're kind of a, you know, you have people that are kind of nosy, and they just kind of want to know what you're talking about. Now, maybe for those people, this thing would be perfect. But I wonder if the majority of us really give a damn or really want to hear people's private conversations off in the distance. I mean, it's going to get to the point where we're not going to have any privacy at all. I mean, you got cameras everywhere. Now you got to worry about these people walking around with these magic ears or whatever the hell they're called. That's if this thing even works. I mean, remember on the last podcast, Silent, we talked about this Arctic air device that's supposedly supposed to cool your room and then you get this thing and you hook it up and It's really a bunch of crap. So this magic here is probably the same thing. And I imagine there's a reason why you can't find the ads anywhere online, particularly on YouTube, where you can pretty much find any advertisement under the sun. But I don't know. That thing just caught my attention, you know. Well, so moving forward, you know, in the last podcast, I talked about the Trump administration rolling back a lot of, uh, rolling back a lot of environmental policies, Policies that were put in place throughout the years to help protect the environment, help protect the air you and I breathe, you know. Well, the Trump administration gets in and they start rolling back a lot of these regulations for whatever reason. Well, I came across this article that really talks a lot about that. Now, this is an article taken from Crane Chicago Business website, and it really digs deep into a lot of this stuff. Now, this is kind of an extensive article. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it says the news from Washington lately is on convictions, plea deals, and whose special counsel Robert Mueller is going to take down next, which, you know, if you watch CNN and MSNBC, this is pretty much the talk on there 24 hours, seven days a week, Russia, Robert Mueller, Michael Cohen. I mean, these are names now that are all pretty much household names. Now, I mean, because they talk about these people all the time. On CNN and MSNBC and then if you click over to Fox well for the most part they're singing Donald Trump's praises so you never really get a gauge as to what what's really going on because a lot of the news you're getting from these stations it's either Donald Trump is really awful or he's the best president we ever had but somewhere between all of that is things like environmental policies educational policies affordable housing, you know, things that really affect the average everyday blue collar men and women. while well, we're all being distracted. The Trump administration are sabotaging environmental policies that took decades of bipartisan work at home and abroad to put in place. The most recent backtrack is the decision by the Trump administration to put coal ahead of health and repeal Obama era rules designed to gradually shut down heavily polluting coal-fired power plants in favor of cleaner and cheaper job-producing gas-fired solar and wind plants. The EPA is suggesting that the new rules could lead to about 1,400 more deaths by the year 2030. And the result of that is because of something called particulate emissions. Now for those that don't know, what particulate emissions are it's a complex mixture of extremely small particles and liquid droplets. And then what happens is that stuff gets into the air and you and I go out and we inhale it. You know, you ever you ever uh you ever step outside on your your front porch or <laughs> take a trip to the park or something and you, you and it's a really nice day and you say and you just inhale the air and all that kind of stuff. Well, what'd be happening now because of the Trump administration rolling back a lot of these regulations. So you're not inhaling fresh air, what you're inhaling are particulate emissions. And what happens when you breathe this stuff in, it says it can affect your heart, your lungs and cause serious health effects. It also can cause upper respiratory problems and a rise in bronchitis as well. So like I said on that last podcast, you won't feel the effects right away with this stuff but your kids your grandkids they're going to be stuck with this dirty air because of these rollbacks and things and i can't figure out for the life of me what the hell the trump administration is doing or what the purpose is in rolling a lot of these regulations back i mean anybody with any kind of common sense should know that this isn't good for anybody you know but but these are things that we need to be hearing more and more about in the news, because I don't know. I don't even know if the average person knows about this kind of stuff because we're so busy hearing about Russia and collusion and 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 those things are important also. But so is this. You know what I mean? I mean, who wants to be breathing in crappy air, you know. You know, last year on this podcast, I talked about a crime in this city that had saw a spike in numbers. This issue of carjacking is coming back again in the news. Now, much like I talked about on previous podcasts, I really don't know a lot about why this stuff is going on or what's behind it. You know, when I was younger, uh, back in my hanging out days, I used to know a lot about why some of these things were happening, Um, like for example, every few months or every few years, there would be a particular crime that is kind of growing in popularity. And I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. When we were younger, one crime that was starting to grow in popularity was people hitting the freight trains. You ever see a freight train and it's just sitting on the tracks and it's not moving? A lot of times some of these freight trains would go through the neighborhood and the trains would come to a stop. I never know why these trains just park and sit the way they do. I don't know if the guy I don't know if the guy that's driving the train is on brake. Or maybe he's gotta to go to the bathroom. I mean, I don't know, but the trains stop and they sit on the tracks, and then what happens is somebody would get the idea to break the freight trains open. And I never know who starts or who comes up with these ideas, but It seems like one or two people will do it and get away with it and then the talk spreads and then before you know it, there's a rash of these things happening because other people hear about it and then they try to do it. Kind of like a copycat crime almost. But I'm saying all that to say that now that I've gotten older and I don't hang out as much, uh, usually we go out with a group of friends, we hang out, shoot the breeze, and we take our asses home. You know, and now the conversation is more so about our jobs and our families. So, you know, so the conversation has changed. So, again, I'm saying all that to say that because I'm not really out here now, I'm not really aware of why these things are happening. Now, people have been stealing cars in the city probably since they've been invented. And they steal them for various reasons. Uh, Sometimes people steal cars to commit other crimes. People steal cars and take them to the chop shops. Or sometimes you would just have people stealing cars just to joyride in them. You know, and even back in the day when uh, guys would steal cars to joyride, I mean, they weren't carjacking people. You used to say you would peel a car. What they would do is uh, they would catch a car that was parked on the street, peel the steering column. A lot of times, if you knew what you were doing, you could start it with a screwdriver and take off, and you would be joyriding around the neighborhood in a stolen car. And guys would crash them or... They would just park them and get out and run somewhere, you know. And how do I know that? Only because I've lived in the city my whole life and I'm aware, or I used to be aware, of how a lot of this stuff worked because of the areas that I grew up in. So you hear things, you know. Now, based on what I've been seeing in the news as of late, with this latest string of carjackings, that's kind of what it feels like to me. It feels like there's a bunch of teens running around the city uh, because the cars that these people are taking... They're not high-end cars. I mean, uh, somebody stole, like I was watching the news the other day, and they said somebody got like a Honda Civic car jack. Like, who the hell wants to steal a Honda Civic? You know what I mean? There was another story about a Ford Fusion. I mean, these aren't really high-end cars. These aren't things like Range Rovers or uh, Dodge Chargers or like 300s or, you know, BMWs or Audis or something like that. I mean, these are middle-of-the-road working-class cars. They're pretty much anybody can get a hold of. I mean, how many Honda Civics do I come across when I'm driving from point A to point B in this city? I mean, there's, there's tons of them. These, to me, are cars that pretty much anybody can come by. And if you're going to put so much at risk by carjacking someone, like, I'm not going to do it over a Honda Civic. You know what I'm saying? Or like a Ford Focus. You know, I'm, I'm just, it just, it's not worth it to me. Like, those aren't things worth risking your freedom for in my opinion. But, you know, you have some people that they think it's worth the risk. But so I'm saying all that to say that this to me sounds like people that are stealing cars just for joyriding. Now, this happened in the Lakeview neighborhood. It said three people were carjacked in over 40 minutes, late Wednesday and early Thursday. Those carjacked included a food delivery driver and two women by gunpoint. Five minutes before midnight, two people walked up to a 25-year-old woman on the sidewalk, and one of them had a handgun, took her keys, and drove off in her Toyota Corolla. About a half an hour later, two more carjackings took place minutes apart in the 800 block of West Dickens Avenue. It says two people went up to a 20-year-old man delivering food on West Dickens, showed a gun, and took his 2011 black Toyota iPhone driver's license and ten dollars now here's the thing about this that's really frustrating i mean you're out trying to make a living and here you have some assholes that come up and it's steal your car and the thing about it again the cars that they're stealing i mean like who the hell wants to put so much at risk to steal somebody's 2011 toyota i mean it just seems backwards to me i mean it would make sense to me if you're going to put your freedom at risk You know, really go for it, you know, go for the gold. You know what I mean? I'm not putting that at risk over a 2011 Toyota and $10. You know, it just, again, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And then how about this one? It says 12 minutes later, a person knocked on the rear door of a Ford Fusion. Implied he was armed and told the 26-year-old woman inside the car to get out. A second person pulled the woman from the car and both suspects got in and left. Later on the South Side's Grand Crossing Police District, the Corolla was seen traveling behind the white fusion. So, what wound up happening is the police spotted this Toyota Corolla, they started chasing it, and apparently the car crashed. And when the police got to it, the suspects were gone, but they did find the car after it was crashed. And then it says later on, they came across that fusion parked and unoccupied. So, these people are still in cars and they're just driving around the neighborhood like, uh, like it's okay. You know, like they just borrowed it to take it for a drive, you know. And I said this before in a previous podcast when we were talking about these carjackings. You know, people in Chicago, they're not rolling in dough. A lot of people out here are blue-collar working men and women. This isn't uh, Calabasas where people are riding around. Every other car you see is a a Bentley or a Jaguar or one of these more high-end cars, you know. People are driving uh, like Toyotas and Fords and buicks these aren't really high-end cars these are people who are getting up and they're going to work every day you know and and a lot of us get these cars and probably just barely got them and doing our best to keep up on the notes and then you have some asshole that comes behind you and takes your car for god knows what and you know like i said before people need their cars they need the cars to go to work they need the cars to get from point a to point b you got people out here uber driving or like the one guy said he's he's a food delivery driver trying to get out make money to put food on the table and then you have some asshole that comes up behind you and just takes it from you. I mean, it's extremely frustrating. You're out here busting your ass to go to work and take care and pay your bills. You need your car. I even know myself. I mean, all the driving that I have to do on a day-to-day basis, just to keep food on the table. I mean, it, it's, it's very frustrating, you know, and, um, and Silent, one of these stories I saw on the news said that uh, there was a group of teenagers that uh, came up to him and pulled him out of his car and took it you know and the, and the thing that i always wonder when i hear stories like that again is where are some of these uh teens parents at and how are they unaware that their kids are running around stealing other people's cars you know and then the thing i also want to know is if it was somebody that stole their mother's cars or their grandmother's cars or aunts or sister's cars or whatever the case may be you know uh how would they feel you know so somebody that's really putting on a lot of weight and I don't know if you guys have been paying attention to this or not Donald Trump is really huge man I mean have you I saw him um, you know he does these rallies where he stands behind the podium and he gives these uh, really over the top ridiculous speeches and the audience by the way they love it I mean they love hearing Donald Trump stand up there in front of that podium talking that talk you know they love it I mean they just eat it up right I mean, he gets there calling people sons of bitches and talking about people who have low IQs and and he might throw a couple of curse words in every now and then. I mean, an audience, they just eat it up. They love, it, you know, they cheer and applaud and, you know, give us more, give us more. You know, they they, they love it. (laughs) But so I'm watching this thing and he gives one of these speeches and when he's done, you know, he steps from behind the podium and, you know, he's got to take a bow and all this kind of mess. And the audience is giving him a standing ovation. But I was looking at him while he and he's standing there waving and taking a bow. But I was looking at him and I said, man, this guy is really he looks like he's about 300 pounds, man. I mean, he really looks huge. Like, what the hell is he eating? Yeah, anything he wants. Yeah, that's that's about right. It's like, dude, instead of jumping on Twitter, why don't you jump on an elliptical or something or the other, you know? So, so moving forward, speaking of politics, a few years back here in Chicago, I think it was what, like 2015, uh, we had the election for mayor here in Chicago. Mayor Rahm Emanuel got reelected. But some of the candidates that were running against him, I think it was, uh, I don't remember all of them now, but I remember one was uh, Fioretti, Bob Fioretti. Who is an alderman here in the city Or he used to be an alderman I don't know if his uh, title has changed or not I know at one point he was an alderman Then you had Chewy Garcia Who was um, Very close to beating Rahm Emanuel As a matter of fact so close till so they had to have a special election Because the race was just that close But Mayor Emanuel wound up uh, Winning in the end And there were a few other candidates A lot of them I don't remember I think Gary Chico at one point was trying to run I'm not mistaken Silent And I don't remember If it was the last Election Or the one Prior to When Daley Was still in office But I know Gary Chico At one point Was a, was running for mayor But one candidate That I know for sure Was in this race Was a guy That goes by the name Of Willie Wilson Now I don't know A lot about Willie Wilson As a matter of fact Never heard of him Until Until 2015 When they were running For mayor Here in Chicago He's a self-made millionaire, if I'm not mistaken. He comes from one of the southern states. I think it might have been might be Arkansas or Louisiana. He's an older gentleman from the South, and I don't know how many people remember this or not. He was even at one point trying to run for president. The last presidential run with Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. Willie Wilson was trying to get in the debate. As a matter of fact, I was watching MSNBC one night, when the campaigning was going on, and this campaign ad comes up for Willie Wilson to run for president. And I remember looking at that thinking, this is the same Willie Wilson that I just saw running for mayor in Chicago, and now he's trying to run for president. And he doesn't have a snowball's chance in hell because nobody, and I don't even know how many people out there even knew that he was trying to run for the presidency. Maybe he just figured what the hell does he have to lose? I mean, I don't know, but he did try to run for, to run for the president of the United States, which obviously went nowhere. I mean, he didn't even make it to the, he didn't even make it to the debate stage, right? But he's an American citizen. And if he's got the money to spend, go for it, you know, why not, you know, stranger things have happened. I mean, (laughs) mean, (laughs) look at what we got sitting in the white house now. right? But I'm bringing this up to say that, well, Willie Wilson is back in the news again here in Chicago because he was at a church here in Chicago on the south side. Now, the next election for mayor is in 2019. And I believe uh, in the fall, which is like right around the corner, if it isn't already here, depending on when this podcast comes out in the fall, they'll be eligible to start putting their names in for the race. Well, Willie Wilson hasn't said one way or another if he's running, but he was just in the news because he was at a church here on the south side passing out money to the congregation. I mean, he's passing out money. Like, he's just just handing out cash to the people at church. And they showed the video of this thing, man, and it's him standing and the the congregation is filing out in a single file line and he's just handing them cash. Now, I don't know how much cash he was handing out, to each individual. But when they walk past, he was giving away free money. Now the thing about this is, if you know anything about politics, that is extremely illegal. You are not allowed to buy votes. Now, that doesn't mean it doesn't go on, right? But again, you are not allowed to buy votes. But now the thing about how slick this is, and again, this is how things work here in the city. And this is one of the reasons why. The city is in the shape that it's in. Technically, he's not a candidate because one, there is no race going on. And two, they're not eligible to file for a race until the fall. So this happened maybe about two, two months ago now, where he was passing out this money. And when he was asked about it, well, he says, well, he says, I'm a philanthropist. This is what I do. He said, my wife and I have always given money to charity. We've always given the money out. This is nothing more than me just giving money out to people who need it. And by the way, he gave out about $200,000 worth of cash at this event. But again, his whole take was there is nothing illegal or nothing wrong with me giving out money to people who need it. And also, this isn't a campaign rally. So therefore, I'm not breaking any laws. So. (laughs) Now, we're going to play this little news blurb from, um, what is this, CBS Channel 2? Yeah, we're going to play this real quick.
2: Turning to campaign 2019, mayoral candidate Willie Wilson is
0: defending his big cash giveaway yesterday at a Southside church. More than $200,000. CBS 2 political reporter Derek Blakely reports that cold hard
2: cash is raising eyebrows and the ire of Governor Bruce Rauner. This is the action that got wealthy businessman Willie Wilson more attention than he's received during his entire campaign. Handing out cash yesterday at New Covenant Missionary Baptist Church. And when we spoke to Wilson by Skype as he drove to Arkansas, he wasn't apologizing. Do you see anything wrong with having handed out cash as a mayoral candidate? No, I, I, I do not. That was my personal money that, that I give to people who otherwise don't have ID. Uh, Got out of prison and, and don't have IDs, but they're hungry. But Governor Rounder, who was also at the church service, sees things differently. I think the idea of handing out cash if you're a candidate for office is outrageous. It should not happen. I learned after the fact, and I was pretty upset when I heard it was going on. But Rounder also gave Wilson money, lots of money over the last two years, to help African-American homeowners with property tax relief. I gave him $100,000 last year, and uh, in the last uh, month or two, I gave another $100,000 at his request to help people pay their property taxes. Was any of the money you handed out yesterday part of the $100,000 that Governor Rounder d- gave to you? Absolutely not. Wilson insisting Rounder's money was handed out in checks, not cash. Either way, campaign watchdogs won't call it buying votes, but they can't believe the handout won't help Wilson at the polls. This feels much like the way the old Chicago machine uh, has long worked. Now, just to be absolutely clear, no one is saying Willie Wilson broke any campaign finance laws since the money came from his foundation. And as Wilson himself pointed out, the campaign hasn't officially begun, Petitions to get on the ballot can't be filed until the fall. And Erica Wilson says he intends to continue trying to help the poor and doing it in cash Mm -hmm. if that's the fastest way to get them the money.
0: So Governor Rauner had some concerns, but did he say he's backing off of giving any contributions in the future to Wilson? No,
2: no. He said he would do it in the future if the money is used for property tax relief. Mm -hmm. However, he said if his money was given out yesterday as cash, he wants it back.
0: Okay. Thank you, Derek. So there you have it. Now, again, this is how things work here in the city. So granted, this isn't a campaign rally, but you know damn well what he's doing. He's trying to buy votes, but it's slick the way it's done because again, there is no race going on. So he's not breaking any laws. And if it's his money to give away, if he wants to give away money, I mean, there's nothing illegal about that. So this is the way things work here in this city. So if this podcast was set up to take phone calls, I would ask this question. If Willie Wilson jumped up and said he's running for mayor, and if you were one of the people that was in this crowd and got this money, would that be an incentive to vote for him? Now, I wonder what people's take on that would be. Now, see, mine would be just the opposite. You can't buy my vote. Mr. Wilson, I really appreciated the money because I need it, but that's not good enough to buy my vote. I mean, we got some serious stuff happening here, man. There's just too much crookedness going on in the city amongst these politicians. If I can help it, and if I know that this is what your game plan is, I cannot vote for you because we have enough of this crap going on, and that is why the city is in the shape that it's in. I just can't vote for it, man. I I, I just can't because, again, people in the city are hurting, and a lot of this crookedness that's going on in politics, and again, this isn't a campaign rally. He's not running for any office as of yet. Who knows what the future holds, but this kind of stuff that's been going on in the city for far too long and I'm just tired of it, man. I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of, I'm just tired of this type of uh, behavior in politics in the city, man. I, I'm, I'm just tired of it, you know? But that's my opinion. Uh, you know, maybe you're one of these people in the audience who that doesn't mean anything to you. I mean, that money helped me out. So I'll turn around and help you out in the process. But one thing's for damn sure he can't be any worse than what we have in office right now. So, I mean, maybe you're willing to take a chance on it. I mean, it's also a good way to buy publicity as well. So I don't know what the general consensus is about this type of <laughs> this type of action. But um, again, if it was me, it would just be a big turnoff. And I know you guys have been hearing it over and over again. And even I get on this podcast and talk about it quite a bit. But election time is right around the corner. And if you're one of these people that are out here complaining about what's going on, this is one of the few times that you have where you can get up and actually affect real change. If you've been complaining, you got to get out and you got to vote. And I've been hearing a lot of people. I'm, ta- I'm telling you, ever since uh, the past couple of years, I've been moving around the city and I'll just go in places randomly And people will be complaining if they're not complaining about Governor Rauner, they're complaining about the president, they're complaining about crime, they're complaining about the police. This is one of those times if you've been complaining, you got to get out and you got to vote for change and vote some of these people out of office. And in particular, here in Illinois, when we had that budget freeze going on that was initiated by Governor Rauner, all I heard that past year and a half or however long it was, people complaining about the budget freeze. A lot of people got laid off because of the budget freeze. A lot of people had to take furlough days and cuts in pay and all kinds of things. Well, if you didn't like it, now's the time to make your voice heard by getting out and voting. So just keep that on your mind and put an alert in your phone or something, but just don't forget, get out and you gotta vote. It's very important and it makes a difference. You guys ever um, open up your phones and you had the YouTube app. You open up the app and if you watch movies, they might give you a lot of movie suggestions. If you're in the cars, they might give you a bunch of videos. They might give you a bunch of suggestions of car videos. If you like sitcoms or sports music, whatever you might like to watch, YouTube is going to give you suggestions. Well, I watch a lot of sports stuff and music stuff. Uh, Every now and then I might look for some do-it-yourself tips (laughs) or whatever. And Silent, this is for you also. You know what randomly came up on my suggestions panel? It was an old school video. And just randomly. And I haven't searched for this group. I don't think I've ever searched for them. And if so, it was maybe years ago. But nothing recently. Remember this song here? And you know I had to click and play it because I haven't heard this song uh, in a while and I certainly haven't seen this video. I mean, it's been months. I don't know how many people caught the Unsung that they did on The Whispers. And I think on one of our earlier podcasts when we used to play music, and I'm talking about very early on, I might have mentioned this before about The Whispers. When I was watching that Unsung, I was really surprised to find out that they had not won a Grammy. Out of all the years and all of the hits these guys have had, how the hell did they not win a Grammy? I mean, that was unbelievable to me. And if you're in R&B, especially if you're a Generation Xer or Baby Boomers or whatever, you didn't got down to some whispers at some point. At some point, you didn't jammed out to some whispers at some point somewhere in your lifetime, whether it was at the cookout or family reunions or just... Or just cleaning up the house on a Saturday or a Sunday or riding in your car or whatever. Going to the taverns. You didn't jammed out to some whispers at some point. Because, I mean, they've been making music for decades. And I'm talking about, I don't know about these millennials, but I'm talking about, and maybe a few of them too. I don't know. Maybe You might have heard your aunts or your mothers or whatever jamming out to some whispers somewhere. I mean, I... Right, but I'm saying all that to say that I'm just surprised that they haven't won a Grammy. I just find that just unbelievable. With the catalog of music they got, you know, it's just, I just, I, I mean, a lifetime achievement or something, they should have got something. There is no excuse for that. Well, anyway, so we've come to the end of another podcast, Podcast 33. Another one in the books. And I know it was very delayed, but better late than never, right? Um, By the way, if you listen to this podcast any length of time and you know anything about me, you know that I am an avid, avid, avid fan of the NBA. I've talked about this frequently on the podcast. I want to send a big thank you to former Bulls coach, Tom Thibodeau for screwing up the Minnesota Timberwolves. I just wanted to put that out there. I've been following the Timberwolves on League Pass ever since they got Andrew Wiggins and Zach Levine because since then they've gone through some changes. Their head coach had passed on, Flip Saunders, and then they had the interim coach, Sam Mitchell, who in my opinion, and then they wound up letting him go. I mean, as soon as the season was over, they cut him loose, which in my opinion, they should have gave him another year because they were starting because they were starting to get better towards the end of the season. But management cut him loose and then they brought on Tom Thibodeau as a coach and as a GM. He's wearing two hats. Now I don't know what in the world or why they thought Tom Thibodeau would be the perfect coach for this young team knowing if you know anything about Tom Thibodeau and you know his history, you know one he doesn't like young players. Two, his style of basketball and his style of coaching doesn't fit the talent that he has. But well, maybe that's why they gave him the GM hat because they figured, well, he can bring in who he needs to get the job done. And he, and he potentially screwed up what could have been a good team. So, and I'll just leave it at that without getting into a whole lot of details. But And all this, and I'm telling you, man, I watched this team before he came, came around and these guys were playing and they were having fun. And it was a dunk show pretty much every night. They didn't have a winning record because they were still trying to figure it out. But these guys were putting on a dunk show every night, and they were fun to watch. Since Tom Thibodeau's been on, it's just been really, really, really. <laughs> and I heard somewhere silent. I, I saw that he got booed. Uh, some of the fans were booing him um, in Minneapolis when um, during their first home preseason game. Yeah, they were— that. That's what the report said. There were some booze in the audience when they when they introduced them. So so apparently I'm not the only one that feels like this, but whatever the case may be, uh but whatever. I just had to throw that out there. All right. Like I always say at the end of every podcast, if you go somewhere and the vibe don't feel right, leave. Don't stick around, don't second guess. Trust your mind, trust your instincts that's what you have them for. And another thing I'll say too is stay away from idiots. Cuz an idiot will get you in a lot of trouble. And if you don't believe me, find an idiot, hang with them and see what happens. I mean, I know an idiot, that's why I say that. <laughs> all right, so um So with all that being, is that it? All right, I just want to I feel I feel like I'm forgetting something for some reason but so I am E the Music Man and for the silent DJ this has been a Chicago Grown for Podcast and we
1: are out To hold on to, always know that love will find a way. Is it hard this life you're living? Does the world seem so unkind? Don't you worry, love will find a way. Some say, Some say the world has gone astray But if you know where you're going There's nothing you can't do Cause problems will come And they will leave you The world will try to deceive you But the truth will always be in your soul